malo Just believe and receive. God will perform it today. My Lord, help us, Father. That was a song when I was growing up. Edwin Hawkins sang it. It's called Wonderful. Wonderful. I remember, I can see it, I can hear it. My home church. I had a cousin who used to sing it all the time. It was a simple song. It said, Wonderful, 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 my God is wonderful, 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 my God is wonderful. Then the tenor would say, My God is. So wonderful, you know, I don't know the tune. He's so wonderful to me. He loosed my shackles and he set me free. Gave me peace, joy, and a whole lot of victory. Then another singer would say, I want to praise his name. And I'll sing out through all eternity. He's so wonderful. My God is a burden bearer. Yes, he is. And a heart fixer. Yes, he is. A soul saver. And a mind regulator. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Come on. Wonderful. Wonderful. Every now and then you just get caught up in your own praise. Period. I know they, I ain't no two to work with for real, but I know he's wonderful. I know he's a burden bearer. I know he's a heavy load sharer. I know he's all these things. And I'm, I expect a miracle. Because I know he's all these things. Yeah, I know you want me to go on and preach, but I'm praising. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <sighs> I want us to sing that song yes, first sir. Sunday we come back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, because he's wonderful. Yes, sir. Yeah, we find somebody to come sing them parts for us. Right. Yeah, yeah. My cousin who used to sing it, I can see his face is gone to glory now. <laughs> He was a pastor. We called him Bay Wright. Reverend James Wright over at Russian Spring Baptist Church in Houston. I wasn't even trying to live right then, and it used to get me. That's when it gets you. Yes, sir. Ha. Used to tear me up just to hear him sing it. Yeah. And look at this. The seed sown 30-something years ago is sprouting a full flower now. You never know what God is doing in your life. But let him work in you. Continuing in this sermon series, I need to press. I need to press. Continuing in this sermon series called Paradox. Help me, Lord. 
called paradox. We're looking at things that don't seem to make sense on the face. But in reality, Jesus Christ is using these statements to teach us uncommon truth. They seem to conflict with one another, but they don't. They actually strengthen one another. Yeah, yeah. We talked about the first Sunday. We came and we told you that you always ought to give folk more than they expect. Didn't make sense that someone who's mistreating you ought to be given something more than they expected, but that's in reality what Christ has been teaching us. And then last week, we tried to teach you and lift up and, 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 and talk about the blessing of being broken, the blessing of brokenness. And this week in the continuing series, we want to move to the gospel according to St. Matthew. Matthew. Chapter 11, verse 28, probably a very familiar passage of scripture to you. Probably, probably. If not, then you'll love it when you hear it. It starts at the 20, Matthew starts writing at the 28th verse. And he says, and I'm going to read it in two different versions so you get it. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burden. Now you know why that burden bearer been in my spirit and burden. And I, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden. My burden is light. That's the New International Version. And then the New Living Translation reads, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give you is light. Today I want to talk just for a little bit, just a little bit, and then we'll, we'll get you on. Better than you came, I think, from the central thought of burden bearer. Burden bearer. It's a wonderful scripture. We hear it all the time. But I love this because these words are not a command, they're an invitation. Yeah, they're the words of, obviously, someone who cares about you. In this, in this instance, it's a caring Savior. He'd been talking about for a little while with the Pharisees and denouncing them, telling them they were wrong because they had placed such unbearable burdens on the people. They had them living according to the law. That's what Pharisees do. That's what church folk do. Church folk get you to follow all the rules. Yeah, but they don't help you get to a closer relationship. In this instance, they just keep telling them, you have to do this this way, and when you can't meet the standard, then they denigrate you and talk about you and tell you you're less than. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Now, I, the reason I love this so much is because I, I couldn't tell you in my, in my imaginings for this sermon, think about anybody who wouldn't either weary or burdened in some kind of way. 
Everybody I know got something going on. Some kind of issue is weighing on them to some degree. They might not talk about it. They may not show it outwardly, but everybody I know has got some kind of burden. And Jesus is not excluding anyone. He's saying everybody that's got a burden, and if you're not burdened with something, maybe you're just tired. Weariness. Weariness. I always thought that weariness was a little bit more than just being tired. I thought weariness was at the end of the day when you've done everything you can do and you still got to go in the kitchen and wash dishes. You still got to go clean up something. You just feel weary. And there's some people who've been living a life, they've been doing all they can do, pushing and prodding and putting everything they can into making life livable. And they still seem to be coming up short. To me, those folks are just, just weary. But Jesus is giving us the secret, I believe, to living a successful Christian life, because that's what we all, I think, are striving for. See, what he's saying is success doesn't come from the amount of work you do. But in his invitation, your success begins when you draw closer to him. If you're near him, then you can get the blessings that he's able to give us. A closer relationship with Jesus Christ gives you a truer sense of purpose and direction for your life, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe the weariness and the burden comes because you're trying to do everything yourself without any guidance or direction. And so I want to look at three key words in these scriptures that I think will uh, alleviate some of the burdensome stress that we have. Three key words. The words are simple. Come, take, and find. Come, take, and find. And I believe these three words can help be the keys that can unlock the doors that are trapping us in these spaces that we find ourselves in where we're burdened and weary. Yeah, burdened and weary. The first is come. Come, I want you to intentionally move in his direction, all right? Intentionally move towards Jesus Christ because that's what he says. He said, come to me, not run from me. Most of the folk, when they start thinking about church, they're either running from church or they're running up to church. But mo most folk not running to church. They're not. It has to be something catastrophic that happens in their life to make them run. Maybe they just got to a place in life where what they were doing wasn't working at all, and so they, they come to church, but they're not running. Running to church. Sometimes it's sickness or injury, or maybe it's a major change in their lifestyle in terms of their marriage. Or, but they come reluctantly. They come because something happened. There's a condition that brings it. And I came to tell you today, wherever you are, with whatever's going on with you, if you're not close to him, he simply bids you to come. That's all. He doesn't put any condition on it, Richard. He just, he just says, come to me. Come, come, come closer to me. And he said, I will give you rest. 
if you come to me. Now, the only reason that even catches your attention is because you believe that the person who's giving you this invitation is able to do what he tells you he's going to do. Otherwise, you wouldn't pay any attention to him. Come to me, and there's a benefit for coming towards me. Word weary, I said a few minutes ago, in the Greek language, in the Greek language, has the thought of feeling fatigued. Fatigued. I, I know I'm not the only one here who's felt like that before. I know I'm not the only one who's who's been tired, who, who who's been who's been maybe out of work. People look at folks' situation currently and don't know their past, don't know what they've been through. They think that because folks got good jobs today, they haven't had a period in their life when they've been without a good job. People don't understand that. That's why some folks shout so much. That's why so, some folks so full of God's are so full of, 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 of praise because God has been so good to them. Because they remember the time when they didn't have what God has given them. And they wake up in the morning saying, thank you, Lord, for another day you know, with your grace. And some folks got some sadness or even some, 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 some anger going on. Whatever it is, it's a burden. It's something that's keeping you from being the best version of yourself. But what I love about this is instead of Jesus issuing a command, Tyrone, he simply issues an invitation. Yeah, he says, come. It's voluntary. It's up to you. In other words, you can stay where you are. You can stay under the circumstances you find yourself in, or you can change. And by changing, he says, come to me. And he's saying, if you come, you'll find refreshing. You'll find rest. Can you just picture the scene that all you need to do for your life to get better is to create a more strategic relationship with the Lord, just to get closer to him? You've been going through all these other things by yourself. And getting closer to him will help you do better in your life. The, the more I look at it, the more I find that that's what he wants us to do. Stop fighting this natural world and come and join him. My life got better when I got closer to Jesus. Let me tell you why. Because I was more focused on how I ought to live. I wasn't confused anymore on the things I need to do. I wasn't caught between two worlds because I tried to push one world com completely away. Now that's going to create some problems for some folk. Some folk that you normally hang out with, they're not going to like the fact that you seem more focused, that you don't want that other stuff anymore. But that's okay because the rest I was supposed to get is for me. I can't get rest for nobody else. I can't unburden anybody else. I can only try to get the burden off me. And so coming to him is what the recipe was for Andre's life to get better. You've got to find the recipe for yourself, but I can tell you this works for me. When I find this clarity, in fact, I find myself most burdened when I'm not focused on the way I need to go. That's when I'm most burdened. When I find myself getting out of the character that I have become accustomed to in serving the Lord, that's when problems come. Watch this. Coming to me, according to a commentator named Gibson, 
It is no longer the command that I thought I grew up with. I always heard these commands uh, that I ought to get right, that I ought to get up and come back to church. Somebody was always pointing the finger at me and telling me I ought to do better. Enter in at the straight gate, or, or, or it's not even that somebody's calling to coming to call sinners into repentance. You categorizing me in that way always seemed put offish, even though that's what I was. I, I was a sinner, and at the time I was an unrepentant sinner. And Jesus knows that because sin is burdensome. Yeah, sin will wear you out. Sin will tire you out. Living that kind of lifestyle, it doesn't give you rest. It gives you mess most of the time. But I found out that when I simply followed this, this command to come to Jesus. You remember the old folk, used, older folk used to sing the song? I got to stop saying it like that too. Remember the old folk because I am that. Now, I've entered the realm of being old folk. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus. You remember, I hear you, Annette. Come to Jesus just now. He will save you. Yeah, we remember those songs. Tyrone been singing that song for 70 years now. Come to Jesus. And it makes a difference. Come here, come here, David. David says that if, if you come to him, guess what he'll do in Psalm 23? He said he'll make you to lie down in green pastures, and I love this about life. He'll lead you beside the still waters. See, that's what I'm talking about. We always looking for water, but he'll lead us to the still waters. That's what a good shepherd does. In short, the reason why you come to him is because you're acknowledging that he's the shepherd. And you don't have to be in charge of your own life, your own direction. And if he's the shepherd, you're his responsibility. He'll lead you there. Je Jeremiah, Jeremiah wrote these words that fit so perfectly now. He says, uh, thus, the, thus says the Lord, Jeremiah 6 and 16. He says, stand by the roads and look and ask for the eternal paths where the good old way is, then walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. I, I love this, and let me tell you why I love it in 2021, because everybody's always looking for the next new thing. Everybody wants something new and, and, and wants something special, and all Jeremiah does is say, now let us all, all go back to the old landmarks and walk in those ways because those ways bring peace to us. That's just part of the text, y'all, but, but we're asked to come and willingly, watch this now, take the yoke that he offers. Now that's strange. And as I walk through this, you're gonna understand why it's strange because herein lies the paradox. He's saying, come to me, Take a yoke, and the yoke will give you rest. Now, that don't make sense, if you know what a yoke is. Take a burden, and from the burden, you'll get rest. That's why it's a paradox, because anybody who knows what a yoke is, and I'm going to explain it to you, knows that that's placing a burden on someone. How can placing a burden on me give me rest? 
It doesn't make sense, but, but it does if you look at it from Jesus's perspective. Place his yoke on me. Watch this. Verse 29. Verse 29, Matthew 11 and 29 says, take my yoke upon me. Um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So the first thing he says is come. The next word I want you to concentrate on, Karen, is take. Take. Come, take. So first thing is intentionally move yourself towards his direction. The second thing is purposely exchange your burden for his yoke. Purposely exchange your burden for his yoke. He says, take. Take. A yoke was created in those times and in these times too. I don't know if you know this, Karen. This might be some farming you don't know about. I don't know, maybe. It was, it was not created for rest. A yoke wasn't. It was created for work. Paradox. Take work, find rest. Doesn't make sense. But it was literally the opposite of what folk would have thought. If I give you a yoke, I'm not intending for you to rest. But when Jesus is inviting someone who's burdened and weary, heavy laden to come to him and find rest, he's saying something that don't, doesn't make sense, but clearly there's got to be some sense in it. He's saying, take off the yoke you're wearing. Take off the burden of this world, the burden of your life, and then you don't need that yoke anymore because I want to give you my yoke. That's what he's saying. My yoke. And my yoke is going to make a difference in your life because Jesus had a solution for people who were yoke-weary he didn't want you to get rid of all yokes. He just wanted you to get rid of your own yoke and replace it with his. Because I need you to walk in step with me, is what he's saying. Now, Andre, see, farmers take a harness that's called a yoke. I got a picture up for you, how that yoke works. They take a harness and they put it over a plowing ox or a plowing cow. And the yoke is meant to give guidance on how the animal or the, the beast ought to move. The beast of burden is what we say. And what they would normally do, watch this now, they would normally take an older ox and pair it with a younger ox. Okay? And it was intended that the older ox would guide the younger ox on how you plow. Hello, Jesus, come unto me. Place my yoke on you. Now, why is it important that we take our yoke off? And why would Jesus know so much about this? Because Jesus was a carpenter. And Jesus knew as a carpenter he had made many yokes. And Jesus knew how important it was to make that custom-fit yoke so that the yoke would not chafe the animal's neck. Because if it chafed the animal's neck, it could create other problems. And so Jesus is saying, I got a custom fit yoke. 
for you to come. All you need to do is replace the one you have that's bruising, that's tearing you up, and put on my yoke. Because my yoke is, is easy. Why is it? Because I'm the big ox that's leading for you, is what Jesus is saying. All you have to do is follow me. Watch this now. I want you to hear me. Sometimes a younger ox would not follow the direction of the older ox in the yoke. Yeah. In fact, what he would do is pull against the older ox all day. And at the end of the day, because he was not following the direction of the other ox, thank you, he was just being dragged all over the field all day, which means at the end of the day, the younger ox is going to be weary, worn out, because he's not guiding himself. He's being dragged by somebody else. Oh, he's weary. In fact, that's where you get the terminology stiff-necked. When you walk around here in life, stiff-necked is because you're trying to lead yourself instead of being led by one who knows a way better than you do. And Jesus is saying, follow me. Follow my lady. Come to me and follow me. And if you come to me and follow me, then you'll stop ending the day exhausted, worn out, not having accomplished what you want to accomplish. You'll find yourself in a better space because Jesus says, I know the way. Why? Because I am the way. I am the way. And if you follow me, then your speed doesn't matter. Because all you have to do is keep up with my speed. Your direction doesn't matter. All you have to do is keep up with my direction, and I will get there. I love this. Why did they pair a younger ox with an with a, a older ox? Well, for one thing, the older ox knew the directions and commands of the master. Was used to him. Used to hearing what the master had to say. And so when the master would say, turn, the older ox already knew how to turn and where to turn. When the, older, uh, uh, when the older ox would hear the master say, stop, then he knew to stop. And all the younger ox has to do is stop. Before time passed too long, the younger ox becomes the lead ox and another one gets paired with him. One of the problems we got in our community today is we don't have enough oxes being trained. We got too many young oxes trying to be in the lead and the yoke and the tearing things up. That's one of the problems we got right now. We need more older oxes to be in the lead. That's why our community is weary because it's being plowed by the wrong oxen. That's why all of us are weary. That's why the roads are the, the roads in the garden are not, are not straight. We got problems. We're not following the commands of the master. Too many heavy laden people who don't know God's grace, don't know that the master means nothing but good for us. We yoke to this. And that's how it was then. The, rab the rabbis, uh, the Pharisees, had all, all of the Jewish people, Richard, yoked to this complex legal, this complex system that we call the law. We call the law, living under the law. You got to do so much plowing on this day, and if you don't do it, then you need to come to the temple and pay penance and, and, and all these things. 
And people couldn't live under that lifestyle. It was tearing them up. And Jesus came to him and said, replace living under the law with just coming to me and live under grace. My grace. And he said, my yoke is still a yoke, but it's easy. It's easy. And the burden that I put on you, still a burden. Watch this now. There's nothing wrong with having a burden. There's nothing wrong with work. People want to have success without any work, without any responsibility. Jesus is not saying get rid of all yokes and burdens. He's saying, saying take mine because the one I give you is going to have purpose. As long as you're alive, you're going to have some kind of burden and some kind of work to do. As long as you're living, it's part of being responsible. You got children, you got a yoke. You got a burden, but you got to teach them how to do it right. Work's a good thing. God created us with purpose. All you need to do is go back to the Genesis story and know that he didn't tell, he didn't tell Adam to lay up every day eating bonbons and grapes. No, no, no. He gave him a purpose every day, some work to do. And part of the yoke and burden we find, watch this, in your life, the reason why you feel so burdened is because you haven't figured out yet how to live and work with purpose. You do it in fits and starts and not for the long haul. One of the problems we have with our young folk today is they keep trying to front load all the success they'll have in life as opposed to doing it for the long haul. I tell folk all the time, there's nothing wrong with a boring job that'll get you there eventually. Ain't nobody chasing me. Ain't nobody looking for me. None of these things are happening to me because I'm good with a nine to five. And I'll continue to work that. They can't imagine working a job. I guarantee you it's offensive to some of them to think that they're going to work a job for 30 years. Oh, that's a thought they don't want to have. How can I be yoked? to something for that, young, that long. They don't understand why it is that when they get in trouble, when they have problems, they always go to the people that have been working 30, 40 years to get them out of trouble. They don't understand that. That it's the folk who have been consistent, who have worn the yoke all this time, that always have resources for them. They, they don't understand that you can't get in five years except with one or two exceptional situations what you can amass in a lifetime if you just want to live right. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The exception for them has become the norm. And I came to tell you today that there's an easier way. There's an easier way. Jesus says it too. He says the first thing you need to do is come to me. And then he says you need to replace the busyness of this world. You need to replace the yoke that you have, the burden that you have. It's not just in the world, can I be straight with you? It's also in church too. See, the yoke of the law is how most people did religion. They think if I go to church this many Sundays, if I go to Bible study every week, if I come to Sunday school or whatever the, the group is, life group, if I do all those things, then I must be doing it right. All right? And, and, the, and the way they do it is by checking off everything every week. And, and at the end of the, the year, they find themselves uh, exhausted. 
They're exhausted. Religion has worn them out because while they do have religion, they've not concentrated on relationship, building up relationship. They've not concentrated on being closer to the Lord. I don't care how many times you go to a particular group session, that don't mean you love Jesus. And they burned out on religion. And they don't understand what I'm trying to say to you today is that the grace of God will be with you regardless. He's offering something contrary to the law. It's not dependent on your efforts, but it's dependent, dependent on his grace and power. And, and then some people are struggling early on in their career. Oh yeah, we, we've opened the door for our young folk to enter into institutions, into, into organizations that we've never been able to go into before. And what they find when they get there in these silos of loneliness is that they are under stress from the moment they show up. They're under stress into how they look, how they perform, where they go, who they associate with. They're under stress from the moment they get there and they find themselves after just a few years burned out completely because they've been trying to deal with the yoke of performance and never coming short on anything. Oh, it's wearing them out. Yeah, I know they get to come home and everybody loves all over them because everybody's proud of them. Everybody keeps saying, she the only one there, but the only one there comes with his own burden. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I sat and I listened to my friends talk about their daughter who got killed two weeks ago being in a supervisory position at a very young age. Yeah, very young age, and, and how everybody in the office was older than her and knew more than she did about the core job, but she was their supervisor. Can I tell you, she showed up to stress every day. Oh yeah, because everybody can't handle your baby being their boss. Everybody ain't even happy because your baby is their boss. Some people are downright mad and that's a yoke they have to deal with every day. And if they don't find a way to take on a different yoke, the yoke they're wearing of performance will kill them. Oh, it'll wear them out. It'll stress them out so bad. How do I know? Because I've lived it. I've lived it. I've lived it for a long time, and I can tell you, it drains the energy out of you when you're working in your own yoke. When you believe that being productive amounts to being successful all the time. When you believe that your performance is the only way you can be successful, you are going to burn out. Don't you know that promotion comes from on high? Don't you know that the Lord will place you where he wants you, and when he places you there, you're going to have the resources you need to do what you need to do? You don't have to undermine anybody. He'll take care of you. Why? Because his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. You simply have to come to him. Stop going to the club. Stop going to the golf course. Stop going to all these places. Come to him. He'll take care of you. I, I know too many friends who worked hard for years and were so eager to retire because it has simply sapped the life out of them. They look like different people after retirement. 
different people. Look at Obama. Look at President Obama. He wasn't in office a year before his hair was completely gray. And look at him now. I bet he ain't using no hair color. No, no, no. He's gotten the pressure of the world off his shoulders. And we helped put the burdens on him. Because we thought he was everything to everybody. Only to realize that it was God who put him there. And God who was going to keep him and bring the change. Instead of supporting him, we castigated him for not being the next savior. And all that did was increase the pressure. So it wasn't the Republicans, it was the brothers and sisters. Saying when, saying when we gonna get our come up since you came up. That's the problem and that's what happens in our community. When you get in the office, when you get in the place, everybody lines up to see how you gonna benefit them as opposed to doing the same thing you did and that's just come. All ye that are burdened and heavy laden. And he can give them rest too. I, I can tell you this now, the best thing you can do when you get your promotion is make sure that it's Jesus who leads you to that place. Because if he does, then he can take care of you and help you plow that road while you're there. Parenting wears us out. I'm getting out of here, but it's so much about this. Parenting does the same thing. We got to make sure when we're parents that we're using the ideal parenting models. Can't nobody tell you nothing. We can't tell you that pot liquor will help a child. Now you got to listen to what the best books say and, and what the doctors say and they tell you feed them only four ounces for the first 15 years of their life when they come home for the hospital and even though your mama done raised 15 children and she tell you you got to start giving that baby some food. You said the doctor say don't give them but four ounces and, and you mad because you can't sleep at night because four ounces ain't holding that baby no more and, and you won't listen to nobody. You won't listen to nobody because you're reading what all the books say. Yeah, but you don't know that the doctor at home giving their baby something so they can go to sleep at night. Parenting. They got to be in every program, every club. They got to be at, at, at every activity. You're running yourself crazy. You haven't sat down at your dining room table in four years. Because every time they get out of school, you don't make it home until it's time for them to go to bed every night. They're doing homework in the back of the car everywhere. They done been, they've been through every drive through in town. You don't even have to order. You just pull up and they order themselves. They probably even got their own debit card. Pass it out the window. Parenting wearing us out because we believe that the way we parent is an indication of who we are and the only success that we'll find, so we think, is when they're grown. Everybody think we'll fail you. Except we don't realize that when they get a certain age, it don't matter how much you taught them, they're going to make their own choices in the first place. Whether you taught them right or wrong. They're going to make their own choices, and it may reflect what you've taught them, and it may not, but there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes we want to be the best at our job, so, so we start trying to increase our knowledge, and sometimes that messes up, us up, too. And Just trying to be better and better, we get further and further. <laughs> 
from our families because we're trying to be better and better and we become less and less while we're trying to be better and better. And, and what we meant for good ends up being bad when sometimes all the young folk in our lives needed just us. Just us around them. Yeah, when we start pulling the burdens of life by the yoke on our own performance, then performance starts setting the pace. Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah, performance becomes a yoke, y'all. We race faster and faster, trying to be more and more and better and better. And our children get older and older and look at us more and more distant because they haven't spent any time with us. But when you put the yoke of Christ on, look at this now. Look at this. Jesus didn't simply tell the disciples what to do. He showed them what to do. He didn't simply tell them you ought to wash folk's feet. He washed theirs. His was an example. As we start living out the life of Christ in our own lives, then we become a reflection on him. That's what we're looking for more in our community. We need to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. The people among whom we live ought to see his gentleness in our lives. They ought to see his character demonstrated in our lives. They ought to see us resting sometime. Why? Because that's important to him. And so, in addition to coming, taking, then I want you to find, find, find what's in Jesus Christ. He said, because I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. If you come to me, you'll find rest for your weary soul, weary soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's possible in the way that Jesus was talking to those Pharisees that day that he had con condemned them. He condemned them for putting such heavy loads on the people. He's pointing out to them that there's a great contrast between what he's offering and what they're offering. I came today to echo that. There's a contrast to what the world is offering you and what I'm saying to you. I'm, I know it's not sexy. I know it doesn't get a whole lot of attention for me to tell you today that all you need to do is let the Lord become your guide, your leader, your savior. I, I know it doesn't, maybe not look good on a resume, but I cannot tell you that your life is going to be immeasurably better because you follow him. I'm not trying to tell you to place any unnecessary load on you. I'm simply telling you to follow his example and the example of so many others who have done the same thing. Watch this now. Mark chapter 6 says, because so many people were coming and going that they couldn't get any rest, never had a chance to eat or stop. This is Mark now. This is Jesus and his disciples. Jesus and his disciples, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. Yeah, every now and then, y'all, you got to pull back from what everybody's doing. Find your own pathway and your own your own direction. Can I tell you, you don't even have to do that. You just let Jesus lead you. Let Jesus lead you. There's a song there somewhere. Let Jesus lead you. Yeah, all the way. All the way from earth to heaven. Yeah. Stop where you are right now. Jeremiah said in 6 and 16, stop right where you are. Look for the old godly way and walk in it. Walk in it. Travel its path and you'll find rest for your soul it'll calm you down i know i know it's clear when you start taking in all the stuff that's going on around you 
It's hard to see the good in it, but can I tell you that Jesus is as good today as he ever was. He's been blessing like he always blessed. He's been helping. He's been guiding. He's been teaching. When we get on board, won't he lead you all the way, y'all? He'll take you all the way. He'll give you everything you need. When you come to him, when you get on board, there's a saying that a burden shared is a burden half. If you want to get some help for what you're going through, then you need to give it to a burden bearer, a heavy load sharer. You've been trying to carry it all by yourself, but I came to remind you today that he says, my yoke is easy. And my burden is so light. Let Jesus lead you. Get yoked to Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who will share our burdens. He will direct our path. He will teach us the things that we need to live a godly way. I want to invite you to come to him today. I want you to take his yoke and find rest for your weary soul. He's our burden, our burden bearer. Pray with me. Father, we love you today and we thank you so much for promising to be with us and guiding us. Some of us have burdens that are unspeakable today, Lord. But you know. You know what's weighing us down. I'm asking you to strengthen us. If it's health, strengthen us. If it's work, strengthen us guide us. If it's community, children, marriage, whatever the load is, Lord, I'm giving it over to you right now. Please lead me and guide me. Thank you for the love you showed when you went to the cross and put that yoke on you. And thank you, Father, because I know that the yoke of the cross was really my yoke, but you took it for me. Thank you, Lord, for being so good and wonderful and for saving me. Now I give myself to you freely and ask you to now lead me and guide me all, all the way. We ask this all in your precious name. Amen.